What is going on guys? Tavares here. Um, sorry to disappoint you. I had every intention of doing a, having an episode with the guest this week. Um, she she was giving so much wisdom that I had to bring her back on. But the issue was there was a thunderstorm. I don't even know if I could call it a thunderstorm because Florida's weather is just unpredictable. But the storm cut us out in the middle of it and my computer erased all of the content. Um, and now it is storming again right now when I'm recording. So last minute. You know, so I hope this does not happen. But today I just want to talk about a few things that, you know, I asked my, my followers on my personal account. Hey, guys, send in some suggestions because I have to do a last minute thing. What are some things you want to hear about? And they sent in a few good ones. But one that I want to touch on before I dive a little bit further into the episode. Um, you guys may have saw the title. I'll probably put it in the thumbnail or anything like that in regards to breaking up. But I want to touch a little bit on the Matt Chandler situation. Um, a lot of people are, I feel like, using it for clickbait, using it, you know, kind of to bash the church. I've noticed um, some TikTok videos with people that used to be in church are using this as ammo. Another pastor um, gets into a little bit of a, you know, a little dilemma and, you know, you know, tarnishes the, you know, God's name. You know, well, you can't ruin God's reputation, but, you know, makes the church look bad um, by his actions. But what I... What I want to make clear regarding this is I think there are some lessons that we can learn from it. Um, and two, we shouldn't be in such a rush to talk about things because I don't believe anyone knows all the details. So for people who are rushing to, to use Matt Chandler's name to boost their, their page and you know boost their TikTok, you know, shame on you. You should be ashamed of yourself. Um, but I realize there's a link and I'll put it in the description box if anybody wants to. But it says Matt Chandler steps aside after inappropriate online relationship. And I'm just looking at it like, what? You know, so I watched the video. I'm not putting the video in here. I'll probably put the link to the video as well. Feel free to look it up. But Matt Chandler mentions that there was a woman who confronted him in, I believe, their church's lobby. And basically she said was, hey, I don't like the conversations you're having with my friend. You know, and he's a bit thrown off by it because he's looking at it like I'm not doing anything inappropriate, you know, by messaging you know, the friend, but what he does is he, his, he makes his wife know, um, know about it. He makes his, the church leadership know about it. And, you know, it's not like any one of them found anything inappropriate that they could say. But the problem was, I guess he was too, I guess, too casual with the conversation, one could say. Um, but that is such an alarming thing for people to attack him because to me, it looks as though it does not matter what a person does. We're going to bash them. We're going to ridicule them. So if the pastor doesn't respond to people, he thinks he's too famous. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. Um, but if the pastor does um, does talk to people, now we're talking about the pastor's flirting with them. So now I'm not going to use, you know, use my judgment and say anything he said was right or anything he said was wrong. Um, but looking at the article, it mentioned that he brought the situation to a church. It makes it clear that, you know, he wanted to make sure that he stayed above reproach. And, you know, the church found, you know, that, oh, well, that's not acceptable. So he's, I guess, taking like a leave of absence. But there was a private investigator to, you know, or like a lawyer or something hired, you know, to ensure that no type of scandal or abuse was happening in the church. But it just shows something that I believe that we need to take in consideration because, number one, your position doesn't make you exempt from falling. Um, I think that's something whereas I learned without being in um you know, outside of leadership roles that I've been in is the fact that people, you know, when they realize they can trust you, you know, people talk to you a lot, but just because, you know, people can trust you doesn't mean 
you know, we can trust our flesh. You know, um, like I said in last week's episode, your flesh is not your friend. So even if we start a friendship, um, we're not looking to engage in anything inappropriate. If we don't guard ourselves, it can escalate. Um, so what I want to say in regards to his leadership at his church, it's very, um, it's very encouraging to me to see that this church has a system whereas people can um, address the leadership without them getting fired or address the leadership without them getting, you know, told they don't know what's going on. Because I've, I've seen churches now, whereas the pastor can do whatever he wants. You know, the pastor can tell people whatever they want. No one can correct the pastor. But this is, I believe, how God wants things done, whereas the pastor can be corrected. God, the pastor can be told, hey, you're out of line and be correct and then still have that humility. So I don't know about anything. I'm not saying this guy is spotless. I'm not saying God is pleased with his actions, but I will say as a married man, I realize like that's somewhere you can easily find yourself. So for those of you who are in relationships or you're not in a relationship, but you're in any type of leadership role, um, I want to start this episode off by making it clear that you have to guard yourself. You have to use wisdom because you can easily fall just the way he could have fell. You know, and I know that from experience, whereas you get too comfortable and next thing you know, your conversations went from talking about God to talking about bodies and talking about sex and all kind of other things. You know, so before I start getting to the other questions that people ask, let me give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, um, one of today's sponsors. Now, if you're a person who constantly struggles with falling asleep or you're a person who when you're starting your day, you're probably rushing for your phone. Maybe that's just for social media. I want to suggest to you the Abide app. So it's a meditation app that's based off scripture. So as you can see, that's here on my phone. And then right when you go on it, there are so many different topics and subjects that you could not only learn from, but help you just to recenter and get back focused on God. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. And people have reported less stress because of this. Even if you're a person who only believes you want some type of white noise that just helps you focus when it's time to study, sleep or anything along those lines, I believe it's a great help. And for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off their premium subscription when you text 22433, text the word GODLY. Again, that number is 22433, GODLY. Get started with 25% off your premium subscription by texting that number, texting GODLY to 22433. You'll get additional stories, meditation, different music, soothing sounds, whatever it is that you're looking for. But I believe it will be a great help to get you back centered on your day. Peace. All right. So if any parts of these edits seem a little bit crazy, it's probably because I had to shut the computer down and start over. It's because I'm trying to escape the, the thunderstorm doing it to our, our recording again today. Um, but for me, forgetting to say it in the beginning, for all of you who have not pre-ordered this beautiful book, look at the level of perfection. If you guys are just listening to the audio, listen, just listen to my voice. Just trust me. It is God's will for you to purchase this book. If you don't believe it's for yourself, it is for someone you know. Trust me. And some of you guys, you think because you're dating, you're married, you're engaged, you're divorced, you're 50, you think you don't need it. But this book has something for people of all ages. So, GodlyDating101Book.com. Go on Amazon. Go wherever you find books and be sure to pre-order that. You still have the, the benefits that you'll get if you order it before September 13th. If you order it after September 13th, then, you know, I'm happy, but you won't get all the benefits, you know, and the study guides and all those things that come prior and for today's episode. So this is when I'm talking about how to end a relationship. We're not talking about, you know, 
if you're not sure this is, you know, if God wants you to end it or not. You know, I think this episode is for people who know it's time to end a relationship, but they don't really know how to navigate it, what to do after. You know, so I want to mention a little bit of points that you need to focus on, you know, but I really want people to be sure that you're ending this relationship for the right reasons. You know, like there are doctrinal differences, not like differences in like how Safa and I argued once about how spaghetti, well, I argued and Safa was just annoyed, um, but argued how spaghetti was made. No, that's not a deal breaker, but doctrinal differences yeah, you know you need to end a relationship when you realize they're believing something that's kind of kind of off balance and you can't convince them that that's, a, you know, an error. Um, you know you need to end it when they're not being respectful. You know you need to end it when you're not being treated right, when you're not being respected, your biblical values are being compromised, you know, things along that not, along that line. And I want to make it clear because there's a, um, a bit of a weird thing that happens with social media. Um, and I know I've probably been guilty of it. You know, because it's so hard for me to say everything in a post. That's why I'm always thankful when people listen to the podcast because it gets me, gives me the chance to like um, voice my opinion and not just, you know, get a little sound bite from a post. Um, but we often tell people to leave what's no longer serving them. Um, if that person is draining you, leave them. And it's like, to me, that's true for the most part. You know, you shouldn't stay in areas where are dead. A flower is not going to bloom without sunlight. It's not going to bloom without being watered. You have to be in the right environment in order to thrive. I get that. No one is saying, you know, that's completely false. But there are some times where healthy relationships can feel frustrating. It was a time when Jesus also said, you know, Father, why did you forsake me? Jesus was never forsaken. But there are times in a relationship where you can feel as though everything is bad. And if you make a decision based off how you feel temporarily, you can eventually step outside of God's calling for your life because you were chasing comfort. You can be in a good relationship, but because everyone else on social media, if he was a good man, all of social media says he had to do TikTok dances and hit movements. And if he didn't bring this amount of flowers, he's not a good man. And because we've allowed our minds to be conditioned by what people say on social media, rather than seeing their character, we leave relationships that, that God probably wanted us in. So we can't just jump from person to person anytime we feel as though we're frustrated or things are difficult. We have to constantly learn to strive for, you know, exercising patience, exercising forgiveness, mercy, grace, all those things. And that doesn't mean you're settling for a negative relationship. So I want to mention a few things that you need to do when it's time for you to end it or you're about to end it or you just ended it. A couple of things for you to keep in mind. I'll be answering a few questions tonight, so I'm not going to stay long on this. But number one, don't allow your emotions to keep you there. You know, I've met so many people. Listen, I've been in these shoes, whereas you know this relationship is done. Checked out. There's nothing here for you. But because your emotions, you feel trapped. Like, let's use Samson for an example, right? If Samson realizes that the first time this woman asks for my secret, she tries to get me killed. Okay, well, the second time is, you know, they're trying to break the riddle. They're trying to do all these things. And Delilah's like, hey, tell me where you get your strength from. And because he tells her a lie, he almost gets himself killed. You know, if he would have told her the truth, that's common sense. He would have died. But we see a second time, you know, that Samson allows himself to get tricked. And now Samson is weary because she keeps bugging him. And Samson does what any foolish person would do. All right, man, you're getting on my nerves. Let me just tell you. You know, so our emotions, I believe it was Samson's emotions that allowed him to stay in a relationship, even though he saw the heart and the fruit of the relationship. He saw that, hey, I tell this person something, they try to harm me. 
hey, when I when I try to do whatever it is God has called me to do, they are doing the opposite. So if you see you're in a relationship like that, don't allow emotions to keep you there. Because in my opinion, at no point does it show us, you know, Samson, you know, kind of, you know, resenting Delilah, you know, but it shows it shows us that he's entertaining this woman even though she's we're looking out for her own best interests, her own best interests from the Philistines. You know, she's working against him, but he stayed there. I think emotions will keep people trapped. And you know it's not healthy, but you're so addicted to the feelings of the past. You know, you're you know the relationship was abusive, but you're trying to remember all the times they were kind to you. You know all the times they spoke down on you, but you're staying there because you're like, ah, oh, well, I remember, you know, when things were nice. You're allowing emotions to lie to you. People always say, follow your heart, man. You know, your heart is never going to lead you astray, but it will. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the human heart is the most deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? See, God makes it clear to us that I don't know how bad my heart is. And that's why I let people know, because I'll try to let, I'll try to, you know, say, well, I won't go too far or I won't make this mistake again. And I tell myself these things, but I don't realize how negative my heart is if God isn't directing me. And so the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He's going to direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5. So God wants to order our steps because when we allow emotions to guide us, we sometimes stay trapped. So if you're realizing that it's time to end a relationship, you're, you have to make sure that God has brought liberty to your emotions. You have to make sure that God has brought freedom because your heart will tell you to stay in a relationship because everybody's in a relationship. So now your heart is following a trend. Your heart will tell you to stay in this relationship even though it's toxic because your heart is chasing comfort. This is all your heart really knows. So your heart will chase comfort and your heart will confuse dysfunction with peace and you're not even realizing you're settling for something that excludes God because you want you just have to be in a relationship. You know, and your heart will tell you to choose things that are temporal. Things that have satisfied my flesh right now. When you talk to a lot of people, there there aren't people that'll tell you, yeah, man, I want to fornicate. You know, church, you know, people that actually love God, but their heart will keep them with a person that knows that person is lustful, knows that person is always being inappropriate. So that's why you can't follow your heart. You cannot allow emotions to lead you um, to keep you there. Second thing is, don't be that person that blames God for the breakup if that's not the truth. You know, and I, I need to be clear, man, because I've met so many people who just like, yeah, man, God just said we need, I felt, I felt it in my spirit, you know, um, you know, it's, it's something, something, something about what God just whispered into my spirit that we need to break up. And then the person who's going to argue with God, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the person looking at it like, you know, I respect that, you know, I understand that, you know, God wanted us to break apart only to find out that you're getting engaged in a week after we broke up. You're already dating someone else after we broke up. Um, you're bashing me when we broke up. All of those things, when all you could have done was says, you know, this relationship is over. You know what I mean? Just, just make it clear. I'm not, I'm not liking the direction of this relationship. You know, and I think that's a lot of times we try to over spiritualize things rather than just being mature adults. Just let people know, like, hey, I enjoyed your company, but. Going forward, I don't believe we're on the same page. I don't believe this is God's will for my life. But don't say God told me. Because there are some people that use that nonsense and they're like, I just need to focus on my walk with God in this season. Only to realize that God ain't telling them nothing. They're just too scary to say, no, I'm not interested. I mean, I understand you got to be delicate with people's emotions because you don't want to offend people. But it, it offends someone more when you have to lie. You know, just give them the blatant, blatant, honest truth. 
you can give someone the, the blunt, honest truth without being disrespectful. I don't know why people are scared to. You know, I'm a blunt person. Maybe that's the reason why it's easier for me. Um, and the third thing I will say is when you know it's time to break up, do not leave the door open. I've done this so many times. Yeah, you know, these are things we need to stop saying because I know I've said it. Yeah, you know, just not right now. You know, you're a great girl, but I just don't see this happening right now. Ladies are telling guys, man, if, if it wasn't a different season of life, you know what I mean? It would have worked out perfectly. This season isn't the best, but we don't know what the future holds. And next thing you know, you left the door open. So now this brother's over here thinking he has a chance. Now sis is thinking, well, do I hold on? You know how many people message me or um, set up um, video calls trying to get a conversation going saying, well, do I wait on him? Is he serious? Is this, is that? And it's just like, that's not that's not going to give that person the peace and the clarity they need to move on with their life. You cannot allow somebody to place their life on hold because you need to figure things out. That's not fair. You know, after we work on some things, but we could try this again. No, no, no. Our, our generation has a bad habit of placing commas where God has put a period. God has already said, hey, that chapter of your life is done. Time for you to pick up a new chapter and read a book called Godly Dating One. Discover the truth about relationships in the world that constantly lies. Maybe that's the book that God is telling you to read now. And stop repeating the chapter on your ex. Stop repeating the, the chapter on dysfunction. But go to something different. You know, be willing to stick with that decision. You know, for some of you, you know, I understand this may not be easy, but I think a lot of times when it's not easy, it could be one of two things that's happening to people. Number one, you either, you're wrestling with a soul tie. Some people don't believe they're biblical. I strongly believe that they're biblical. To me, it's just basically an, an unhealthy emotional attachment that you've formed with someone that you can't separate from, you know? And typically a lot of people think that only happens through sex, but I don't believe soul ties only happen through sex. I believe that when you allow your emotions, your spirit to be to invite certain people into your life, personalities into your life, they bring, I don't want to say their energy, you know what I mean? Because I'm not one of these new age people, but they bring that same spirit that they operate with, they bring it into your life. You know, I'm not, you know, maybe I sound even spookier than the new age people by saying that, but you have to understand that people walk with a spirit and you cannot allow your spirit to be left open to that. But any person who does have any type of bondage in their life. Isaiah 10 and 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that this burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So whatever chains you have in your life, God is able to break it. Whatever stronghold, whatever person you were dating, man, no, nah, we just had so many kids. Oh, we used to have sex. Oh, that stronghold just can't be broken. No, any chain in your life can be broken. Any of you listening to this, with a stronghold to any addiction, to pornography, to any of those things, God can break it because it's not by might, not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. It's only the anointing that can destroy the yokes in your life. So we have to rely on God. The Bible says, now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So no matter what you are facing, God has the ability to break those chains in your life. God has the ability to set you free from that. And the second reason why some people, they don't break free from it is because of fear. I believe some people would genuinely not give in to fear, would not stay in bad relationships if they weren't so afraid of what people would think about them. Like, how do I break up the engagement? I know this is no longer God's will for my life, but how do I stop an engagement when all of social media knows about it? Man, I, I, watch a, I wish I would have got his video. I saw a powerful video, um, a quick little reel on Instagram by my boy Jerry Flowers, and he was talking about how people, they get to the altar ready to get married and they know it's not God's will. But they're thinking about what everybody's going to say and judge them. 
And there are a lot of people who stay in bad marriages, bad relationships, bad all kinds of things because they're worried more so about what people are saying rather than what God is saying. And I'm saying God is condoning divorce, but I'm saying we have to be careful that we're not allowing ourselves to to be driven by the emotions or allowing what people are saying to paralyze us, to cripple us, because a lot of people are being driven by fear, and that's not God's will for your life. Um, you know, yeah, so let me, let me see. Second Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So whatever you're dealing with, understand that God has not given you a spirit of fear. And if you're allowing yourself to be driven by that, then that is a huge problem. And now for a quick word from our second sponsor. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Now it's very difficult to choose who you want to marry when you've been so used to dysfunction and toxic relationships your entire life. But in reality, many of us, we don't know how to spot that because there are a lot of hidden issues within ourselves that we need to unpack and we need to heal from. Now many of us, you may have gone to church and you haven't healed. Why? Because you probably need a professional, a counselor that can speak with you so you can get to the root of why you keep ending up in the same relationships over and over. If you're that type of person who desires a healthy relationship, a godly relationship, and you know you have some things that you need to fix, I want to recommend BetterHelp to you. I believe that they're a great resource because they're completely online. It's affordable. They'll pair you with a counselor. And if you're not even interested in that person, they can switch you to someone else. It makes the process extremely easy for you. So when you want to be a better problem solver or a person who's choosing the spouse that you're going to marry, therapy can help get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash godly to get 10% off your first month. That's B, that's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash godly. Peace. Another question that people reached out and sent in, I'm not going to do all the questions, but the person left one that I thought was very worth worthwhile noting. It says, what happens when a person seems right, but their family is against the relationship? I'll be very quick with this response. You know, So unfortunately, if you guys want me to dive into detail, I will get into that and probably get a guess who can admit that they've been in this scenario. Because thankfully, I wasn't. I love uh, my, my wife's family. My wife's family loves my family. you know. So it worked out perfectly. But number one, you need to understand that you do risk, um, you know, keeping this relationship and now being isolated from your family. So if you're a person that's only like 18, 19, 20, still depending on parents, um, whether you're 30 or whatever, but you're still dependent on parents for your financial income and all those things, I say you probably might need to listen to them um, because you don't want to make sure you don't want to push away. How, how are you going to live? You can't just move in with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, at least Biblically speaking, I don't think that's a recipe for success. It's kind of sound like a recipe for sin. But I want you to understand that, unfortunately, a lot of people that I know have been isolated from their family because they didn't choose the right person. So you have to understand that is a negative outcome. So it depends on who your family is, but be careful of that. Second thing is you can check to see why your family is against it. Because I think some people's family is just against everyone. No one is good for, good enough for my son. No one is good enough for my daughter. No one is good enough for my sister. You know, so if you have that, those type of family members, you need to ignore them because unfortunately they'll try to control your life. But on the flip side, a lot of you need to be willing to listen to your family members because a lot of your family members will see the blind spots that you don't see. Um, a lot of people say love is blind. L- love is not blind, but infatuation is. A lot of times we get ourselves and our, our hearts so wrapped up into how beautiful the person is, how they make us feel. That we don't realize that this person is low-key trash. Like, you're not spiritual at all. You don't treat people right at all. You are selfish. You are mean. You are snobby. You give everyone attitude but the person you're dating. Um, Your family will spot that. Your friends will spot that. So if your family sees that 
and they tell you we don't like the character and how they carry themselves, that's something worth noting because a lot of times people rush into relationships and they aren't seeing the red flags. They just go right past it and then they're asking God to change their spouse five years from now. Not a wise decision. And the last thing I'll say about that is if you're a person who has kids, because I know a lot of you, and I reached out to someone for a lot of you who are in these shoes, um, somebody who's getting remarried, I'm not one to, to, to talk about that subject because in my opinion, I'm just looking at it like, well, I know what some people say, but I, I feel as though Jesus ain't really approving of nothing unless it was specific scenarios. But for people that are getting remarried or people who already have kids, I think when it comes, you find yourself in these shoes, you really need to listen to your kids when your kids say they don't like someone. Because there are a lot of kids who won't verbalize it, um, but there, there are some reasons they may not feel comfortable sharing. In regard, and some of you, you, you've been there, so you know what I'm talking about. But I have a friend of mine. Um, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so she's not gonna know that I mention this. But I have a friend of mine who literally just blasted, um, you know, a step parent on social media for abusing, abusing them throughout their childhood. None of us knew that growing up, but that's the thing. We just knew you didn't like that dude. You know, we we just knew you weren't fond of him. But in reality, a lot of parents don't realize their kids have been warning them about the type of person they're with. They're looking at me a certain way. It makes me feel makes me feel gross. It, you know, so parents, if you're one of those people, I understand it's harder for you to date, but that's something you need to take into consideration. And um, somebody said the importance of consecration. That was one of the questions. That's the last one I'll do because we're creeping up on 30 minutes. But I thought it was such a great question, but I understand, you know, I want to put it towards dating. Um, so number one thing I'll say is, you don't want your relationship to be based off sex. Um, you know, so that's why I think consecration, which also means purity, set apart, you know, ready for God's use. The Bible mentions, you know, being meat for the master's use. So in order to be an instrument of righteousness, in order to be an instrument that God can be pleased with. Because I understand this, a lot of people who are in church, number one, a lot of people who are in church are not going to heaven. Everybody's not in a relationship with God. A lot of people who are going to heaven aren't pleasing God on earth. It sounds like I'm, no, I'm not confused. I'm saying there's a lot of people, yeah, you're saved, but it doesn't mean you allowed yourself to be consecrated for God's purpose. When Joseph was um, tempted by Potiphar's wife, you know, she's just like, hey man, sleep with me, dude. Like, you know, nobody's around. Joseph was like, how am I going to do this wicked thing and sin against God? Joseph didn't say, how am I going to, how am I going to do this and insult Potiphar? How am I going to do this and the guards might hear him. No, his his mentality was, how can I do this and sin against God? Somebody with that mentality is who God can elevate to be second in command because he showed that I have the integrity to be entrusted with God's anointing. So when God, when God calls us into relationship, he also calls us towards consecration. So we have to understand that you don't want a relationship with somebody who's allowing a relationship to be built off physical attraction, lust, you know, perversion, stuff like that, because if they're respecting your purity, They'll respect you in general. Typically, that's how it works. If a person is not respecting your walk with God, they're not going to care about anything else. So it's important to have somebody who's aiming to be consecrated in a relationship. The second thing I'll say about consecration is that when we involve God in our relationship, he helps us, number one, honor him, honor one another, and he give, allows us the ability to be an example to others. Um, so when I, when I meet people, I don't introduce myself as, hey, I, I started a page called Golly Dating 101. But, you know, because people have me on social media at school, so a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but a few people in class are talking about it now and harassing me, acting like I'm a celebrity or something. Um, but a lot of people feel as though, like, man, that's weird. Like, I don't want to really talk about 
you know, kingdom type stuff with my unsafe friends. They'll look at me like I'm a creeper. But in reality, that this page has uh, opened a door whereas I can witness to people. I can invite people to church. I can talk about God with people. You, you know, we have to understand that people are paying attention to our relationships. So while they may have been thinking, oh, we're only seeing Tavares and Safa, they're also seeing us talking about God. And I believe that in any relationship you're in, whether you're a pastor or not, whether all you do is sweep or not, whether all you do is attend church or not, whether all you do is read Godly Dating 101, I'm not going to say or not because you need to read Godly Dating 101. I'm going to count the amount of people that watch this video and listen to this episode. And if I don't see the number of sales go up by that exact amount, I'm going to do nothing, but I will be disappointed. Anywho, but I want you to understand that people examine our lives. Paul said in Corinthians that we are epistles written before men, meaning there are people that aren't reading the Bible, but they're reading you. So uh, I can tell people, hey, love God, love people. I can tell you run away from sin. But the moment they also see in my relationship that I'm yelling at Safa, I'm disrespecting her, I'm talking down on her. They're looking at it like, what gospel is he preaching if he's disrespecting his wife? That's why it's important to be consecrated because the Bible says in Matthew 15, 6, uh, Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Now, everybody who sees you living a godly life is not going to turn to God. But every person who sees you is not going to have an excuse before God because they saw what it meant to live for him. So I believe that your relationship should be one that inspires other people, not just to have a godly relationship, but to have a walk with God. That's the most important thing. You know, so whenever, um, whenever we're in these scenarios, we have to understand that we're not trying to be consecrated for an office. We're not trying to be consecrated for a leadership role, but we need to be consecrated to hear God's voice, to be sensitive to God's will. Because it's impossible to hear God's voice if you're spending no time with him. It's impossible to please him while avoiding him. You know, so we have to make sure that we keep God as the main focus in our lives. Um, so in episodes like this, unfortunately, I had to rush. I wish I could get my guests back next week, but I see it. It failed miserably. I didn't get, I wasted all her time. By the time we got to the end of the episode, the power cut off and removed our content. But hopefully, hopefully we can get our guests back, man. And another guest, I had to cancel that because I thought their spirit was wrong. I'm sorry. I don't like everyone on our channel. I want to share people that I believe will greatly impact your life to help you live for God. So if you're listening to the end of this episode, do me a favor. My birthday passed and Christmas is coming up. Go ahead and buy one or eight. If you are a person that follows this page, because there's so many of you that have randomly sent money, do not send me $100. Buy 100 books or whatever is the equivalent. <laughs> you know. But I love you guys. I'll see you again next week. Peace.